0: Hey, what's up? I had an off day recently, and this happens every time I take off, but I had an off day recently, and I feel guilty, and I know a lot of you guys can relate to this, so I want to talk about kind of this concept of the nine-to-five mindset today, because as long as I've been a full-time entrepreneur, still to this day, I still feel weird You know, when I don't work like a full eight hour day or, you know, seven hours or just really feel like I was extra productive. And I know this nine to five mindset is really common for a lot of you as well, whether you're an entrepreneur or not. Just people like even um, people who take off for vacation, like you might go on vacation for X amount of days, you might go. Um, you know, for a week-long vacation time off, two weeks off. And I know for a lot of people, like after a while, especially Americans, specifically Americans, we feel this need to get back to work, right? And so whether it's a just one off day or multiple days in a row, we typically feel this need to get back to work. Like, okay, it's too much rest. It's too much recuperation. It's too much off time. And I want to talk about how a nine to five mindset, eliminating a nine to five mi- mindset can impact your health. And essentially when I talk, what I want to talk about is indoctrination. Kind of this concept of, um, we believe in a construct or ideology or a school of thought that has been the norm for so long that we're not even fully aware that we live in a system, right? Where we're indoctrinated into a school of thought that if we haven't really thought about it, we have no idea that we're just following status quo. So I just want to talk about this concept of indoctrination, And how it wreaks havoc on us, how it wreaks havoc on our health, how it wreaks havoc on our income, how it wreaks havoc on our ability to live life. You know, one of the first times that I realized that life wasn't all about working, one of the first times that I realized that life wasn't all about paying bills, going to work to pay liabilities, was when I moved to a whole different country, a whole different continent when I moved to Italy when I moved to Rome I remember being really like irritated that the trains wouldn't run on time like I'm like the schedule says the train is supposed to come at this time I'm standing on the tracks you know trying to get to wherever I'm going in Rome and the trains were always late in Italy and <laughs> it just annoyed me because I was so like I was indoctrinated into the system in America where like time schedule We got stuff to do. We got places to be. We don't slow down. We go fast. We keep going. And it wasn't until after settling into Rome, you know, a couple weeks into living there that I started to see something different culturally, which is like we don't have to live to work. Right. Um, That life should be more about living and experiences and creating memories and spending time with people we enjoy than it is about working to pay liabilities to pay debt and a lot of us know this conceptual conceptually I'm not introducing anything new to you guys but even though you may know that there's more to life than work knowing that but actually being able to freely live that concept are two different things and this is something that I still struggle with like I know like I've, I've lived in um, Italy I've lived in China And I know that what we do here in America, which is, you know, promote grind, promote, you know, just working to pay bills, promote hustle, promote no sleep, you know, just really like even, you know, this concept of don't stay on vacation too long. You got to get back to work like Even though I know that that's not the way to do things, because I'm embedded in the culture and it's all around me, it's super hard to cut it off. And I imagine this is the same thing that you guys are experiencing where it's like, I know there's more to life than this, but I don't know how to do anything but this. And so I want to talk about how that relates to our health and our income today, because I think the nine to five mindset is killing a lot of us. So let me kind of explain what I mean. You know, we're really indoctrinated into these systems that we we ask questions based on our own indoctrination, you know, and the so w- I recently took a day off. And so there's two things that bother me. One is I recently took a day off and, you know, throughout the entire day, I'm freaking thinking about work. I'm thinking about what I'm going to do tomorrow when I get back to work. I'm making a to-do list in my head as opposed to just being able to be free and away from work. It's like it was a cloud hanging over me like "Ah, maybe I should open my laptop, but I had to literally force myself. I had to manually force myself not to open my laptop, not to do any work on this off day. And then the other side of that coin is because of what I do for a living, which is um, I'm constantly creating content. I'm a, you know, a plant-based health coach. I help I certify people in plant-based nutrition, but then I also help people adopt a whole food, plant-based lifestyle to eradicate chronic health challenges. And so I create content for a living. I create curriculums. I create, you know, talks. I, I, I do a lot of speaking. And so because of what I do, the fact that what I do for a living, I a hundred percent use my brain. Like I don't do manual labor at all. Like if I didn't force myself to work out on a regular basis, I would be overweight because I sit at a computer all day, all day. And so what I do for a living uses my mind. And many of you who are watching the work that you do also uses your mind where we're like you have to, especially if you're a CEO or entrepreneur, all we do all day is solve problems. Right. All we do all day is create content. And so because you're constantly making decisions, you're constantly creating content, it it that exhausts you sometimes quicker than physical labor can. Right. And so but what I still struggle with personally is even when I don't take days off, I've developed this habit like my workday, my personal workday, depending on how much content I'm creating can really only last like three to five hours because my my mind is done by that time like i can't put in eight hours of creating content i've tried to do it before i've done it in the past in the beginning of getting my business off the ground and it tears me up but i'm so indoctrinated i was so indoctrinated for so long in this concept of like this nine to five eight hour workday. because i wasn't born an entrepreneur i'm uh, my family isn't up i don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. so if I, i've always worked in the nine to five corporate space right you punch a clock or whatever, and you get this, you work, you work 40 hours, anything above that is overtime. And so I was, like many of you, was so indoctrinated into that system for so long that when I became an entrepreneur, even though I no longer went into anybody else's company, it was it took years and it's still taking time for me to disconnect from that ideology. So what happens is what I found as an entrepreneur, and specifically that's kind of entrepreneur I am, which is... Um, I use my mind for a living. Everything I say, everything I post, everything I create in my programs all comes from my mind. And that takes, that exhausts you much quicker than eight hours. So I used to feel guilty about being done working because if I start my work day at 7, I can be done with work by 11 a.m. But I'm looking like it's 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. I got to find something else to do. Like this is, this is the system. We are indoctrinated in like this is how crazy we think like I because I get up early I do all my stuff right meditation whatever workout whatever and then I get to work I might sit down at my computer 637 and by the time I'm done like you know revising or updating a curriculum preparing for speaking engagement I got coming up like I'm constantly thinking and creating ideas by 1130 maybe noon four or five hours in I'm, I'm like done for the day. So I try and sit down. I try and Netflix and chill. I try and maybe run a few errands. But this guilt lingers over me. And so I've been really unpacking, you know, this like concept of, you know, this nine to five mindset and the stress that it put on me. So it's got me thinking about Henry Ford. Henry Ford didn't create the eight hour workday, but um, he he's famous for instituting it into his um, company um and like 1926 real early on but he got it from the labor unions so the reason the eight hour work day um exists in the first place and I remember learning this years ago and I didn't really think anything of it at the time but it started starting to come back up because it's so relevant for the guilt that I feel about not working eight hours a day but anyway so uh, Henry Ford is like, you know, made popular, so to speak, the 8-Hour Workday. Like I said, even though it was uh, came about like more in like the 1800s through the labor unions. And the reason the 8-Hour Workday exists in the first place is because it was designed for people, for skilled laborers. And like it, it became really popular during the Industrial Revolution where a lot of people were doing work with their hands. So when we created the 8-Hour Workday, it was actually in protest um, a lot of union workers were protesting a 10 hour or longer work day. They were trying to get a shorter work day because overtime didn't exist at that time. I think um, Roosevelt is the one I, I think President Roosevelt is the one who's responsible for signing into law that we had to get paid overtime if we worked over 40 hours a week. But prior to that, you know, laborers, industrial labor laborers will work 10, 12 hours a day and get set, paid the same amount. And so they started, you know, petitioning and protesting for a shorter workday and that they were asking for eight hours. And so that's kind of how um, the eight hour workday even came about. My point here is that the eight hour workday was designed to be a relief for individuals who did physical labor to do, for individuals who do physical labor so that they wouldn't destroy their bodies. I don't do physical labor. Many of you don't do physical labor. A lot of you do. Many of you don't do physical labor. We literally sit at desk all day. Um, a lot of you are just like me. You're entrepreneurs, you're entrepreneurial, you're creators. You know, whether you work for somebody or, or you work for yourself, a lot of you have to use your mind to work as well. And If you use your mind at at highest of a level as I do in your work, you know, eight hours is too damn long to be sitting down and creating or crunching numbers or just like going through massive amounts of data and trying to solve problems. Like the longer your day goes, the quality of your work dips. And so that's why I've had to force myself to after like four or five hours, call it a day. But again, because I didn't come up that way, I am so used to just being like, it's too early to stop working, right? Like five o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock is when I all of a sudden feel, uh, no longer feel guilty. And that's crazy, right? So anyway, I was thinking about that concept and then I was kind of thinking about all the other systems that we're indoctrinated into that make absolutely no sense and I was even this concept around hating your job. You know, a lot of people in America, especially, I know a lot of my students in my programs, a lot of people in my personal ecosystem literally hates their job, hates it. Like I have people who it makes them physically sick to go to work. Right. And This is very, very common. People hate their jobs so much. It's more likely that you hate what you do than you love what you do. So much that we've even created, you know, for catchphrases around it, like, you know, um, you know, happy Friday or, you know, thank God it's Friday or, you know, everybody's like, I got a case of the Mondays. Like, here we go with this again. I can't wait till the weekend. And I don't live in that system anymore. Like my Monday and my Saturday feel the same whether I have to work work or not. I'm my point is I'm happy to show up and do the work because I do what I love for a living and I'm living my dream. And so when I disconnected from this idea that we hate like people make jokes about it, right? Like it's another day in the office. And I'm like I wake up can't get into, can't wait to get into the office, right? I can't wait to slaying some plants. And so we are all in these systems where like it's okay to hate what you do. Um, It's okay to work massive amount of hours, even though it may not serve your business model. Um, And it's okay to only live on the weekends, right? So people literally reserve living for the weekends. Like if if somebody typically works a typical nine to five and like Monday through Friday or whatever their schedule is, whatever their two days off, Those are the days they plan to live their life. Maybe run their errands, you know, plan an event for a kid or celebrate their birthday. Like there's no way people will do that on the Tuesday after work. That's how that's how much time we give to our jobs. We give them the eight hours we owe them. And then we give them the, you know, six to eight hours when we get off because we refuse to live during that time. No, I got to rest because I got to go back to work. So we give them even more time than they are paying us for. And so I remember when I lived in Italy, it was not uncommon on like a random, random Wednesday evening to be walking down the street or in a plaza with all of these restaurants, tables outside, everybody sitting down, having a dinner It's really common in Italy for people to eat late, having late dinners, having drinks, having cocktail. I'm like, is this just like a perpetual vacation spot or is these citizens? <laughs> I'm like, I know Italy is like one of the most popular, you know, vacation spots in the world. So I'm like, is these all tourists or is this how people really live? Like it was so different from America because I'm used to people Coming home from work on a Monday through Thursday and shutting it down because I got to be back to work tomorrow. And so we don't live our lives. We don't plan parties. We don't go to events. We don't go to shows because we feel like I have to I live to work. Right. And so the we're so embedded in these systems that it's killing us. And so it makes me think and, and the the thing that it makes me think about the most that I personally hate and I'm scared of is this concept of a fixed income. When it comes to a fixed income, I had a friend, um, I, had, I, had a, I have a coll- colleague who's a doctor and he and I were like recently out to dinner and he was telling me that, you know, he wanted to retire in a couple of years and he um, has his own practice as a doctor. And so he's like, but what I'm worried about is that I still have debt in my business and I still have personal debt. He's like, but when I retire, I'm going to be on a fixed income. And so he was like having fears and worries about not being able to afford his lifestyle once he retires because he's like, I'm going to be on a fixed income. In my mind, I'm like, and I keep hearing this over and over again. I hear this from students. We've all heard people say, we all know people who say, I'm on a fixed income. I can't afford that. I'm going to be on a fixed income. I won't be able to afford that. Right. And so this concept of even a fixed income is a system that we're indoctrinated into. Like, why and how how do you work for 60 plus years of your life and then literally plan to not be able to afford the life you want to live? Why should our income ever be fixed? Like a fixed income means a fixed life, like a fixed income means you don't have the flexibility that you desire in life. Now, you can choose to to live fixed. Meaning like you might just be a frugal person and you can't live comfortably and happily off of 30K a year. You might be a person who desires more luxury luxury and you want to live off a million dollar a year lifestyle. The point is you should have the right to choose. The point is your life should not have to fit into a certain dollar amount every month. You should be able to choose the life you want to live. And whatever dollar amount that comes with, after 60-something years of working, you should be able to live that. And so even this concept of a fixed income, and so I was telling my mom, my mom is in her 60s, I think, yeah, I think she's in her 60s and um my mom is you know same thing preparing for retirement in a couple of years she works for the federal government she wants to retire in you know a couple of years and i was telling her like my mission like there's no way in the hell i'm going to live on a fixed income in my life when it's time for me to move into a different season in my life where i'm not doing the work that i do right now i like one of my missions in life is for my income never to be fixed right this concept that as we get older as we stop working regular jobs and, and as we like retire from our careers some of us really believe and plan on having financial limitations that's crazy to me and but the only reason and so I was telling my mom let me finish my thought I was telling my mom I'm like so we were you know talking about her finances talking about what she owes about blah, 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 the same thing she's like I want to pay this debt down pay this off so that You know, when I retire, I, you know, I'm going to be on a fixed income. And so I don't want to have any, I want to have as few financial um, liabilities as possible. And I was telling her, you're not going to be on a fixed income. Like, I need you to erode that thought. And I need a lot of you guys to do the same. Stop thinking that, like, that's the way life goes. Like, that's the way life is. Like, you work nine to five For 40 hours a week, for 50 years out of your life, you only live life on Saturdays and Sundays. And then when you stop working for them, you only can live off of, you know, percentage of what you were used to making. And you have to squeeze everything, all of your dreams and desires into this fixed amount every month. This even concept of a fixed income is insane to me. And not having a fixed income, we see as being reserved for um, the privilege Right. Like I ain't got it like that. Right. It's reserved for the privilege. But it's completely not true. But these things, these indoctrinations, these ideologies that we believe are just the way our life is meant to be, we're either taught that, we're either told that, or we're shown that. Like, we maybe watched our parents do that. Like, they only, they didn't get pleasure or joy out of their work. They worked to pay the bills. They came home tired. They sacrificed for us. They didn't get to live their dreams. Maybe they retired. Maybe they went on one vacation, but they can't travel the world, right? Or maybe they just work themselves to death. They work and they never really got to enjoy the fruits of their labor, labor in their later years. And so we watch our parents do that and we think that's okay. Like that's the way thing, it, things are. Or we're taught that. I had another friend who was telling me, he recently um, was talking to his parents and he told his parents, um, this this can't be all to life, like just working and paying bills. And he said his parents was like, it is. Like, this is it. No." Nope. You crack the code, and I was telling him, like, that is not true. Like, there's way more to life than working and paying your bills. So, we're either taught these things, um, told these things, or shown these things, demonstrated through other people in our lives. And we believe that it's okay. Like, this nine to five mindset of like, you gotta work eight hours, even when you become an entrepreneur. This nine to five mindset of when I stop working full time, I'm gonna have a fixed income, and I gotta find a way to create a life that'll fit into this fixed income this box all of these ideologies is bs it's complete crap right and so what happens is you know we get indoctrinated and then we don't know how to get out of it and so like it this happened to me last night some of you guys who follow me you might have seen last night I posted that um, almond butter on, on my socials right and so it it's delicious almond butter, right? Like that cinnamon flavor almond butter. And even when it comes to money, we tend to make assumptions about what's expensive and what's not for people. So I've had like a split second of hesitation with posting that almond butter, why? Because that almond butter costs between nine and $14, depending on where you get it from. Now who the heck, the average person will say that's expensive. But one of the thoughts or um, ideologies that I had to detach myself from was assuming what is or isn't expensive for other people. What's affordable or what's expensive is always subjective, always subjective. But this is still a manual task for me, too. Like the almond butter I posted, like I said, cost nine to fourteen dollars. And I have to remember that the cost is the cost. The value is what other people assign to it. And when you decide not to share something with someone or when you decide to tell somebody that it's expensive or you can work with her, but she's expensive, what you're doing is making assumptions for them about what's valuable. Like, yeah, that's her cost, but her cost, the value of that product or that service to that person is always based on the magnitude of the problem it solves for them. So you might say I'm expensive to work with because I charge thousands of dollars but if I'm reversing your type 2 diabetes, if I'm putting your cancer in remission, if I'm getting you off blood pressure medication, if I'm giving you mental clarity so you can pivot in your life, you're not willing to come off a couple thousand for that? So what's expensive is always subjective. What's affordable is always subjective. But again, uh, we're indoctrinated into this mindset that literally says, Tiffany said that it was $17 on Amazon. Good Lord, keep looking, keep shopping to... That almond butter should not be 17 dollars. But, you know, what the this this mindset that this is expensive, this is affordable. You know, we're supposed to just work and be tired and not and can't, you know, go see a movie on a Monday night, like a movie on a Monday night. No, we go to the movies on Saturday. Like, it's crazy how we all live in this system and don't we're not questioning it. Like, why is this okay? Like, why don't I just work four hours a day? Why don't I just work five hours a day? Why don't I just work three hours a week, especially if you're an entrepreneur, especially if you work for yourself? Why is that not available to you? More than likely, just because you're a part of a system that you feel like that makes you feel guilty. If you don't do what the system taught you to do, even though the system wasn't designed for you, the eight hour workday was designed for skilled laborers. So that you know they would get some relief and not tear their body up by being forced to work 10, 12, 16-hour shifts. But if you use your mind to make a money to make money for a living, like I do, I need to cut it off after about four or five hours. Working past that um, begins to erode the quality of my work. But the amount of guilt that I have historically felt around that has been insane, and I'm like, this is just BS. I refuse to have my off days to have a cloud over my off days because I'm anticipating getting back to work and so I'm like to hell with this like I'm about to move back overseas because it's so hard to exist in a culture that and in a system of this magnitude and disconnect from the thoughts and the belief systems um without like years and years of deprogramming and so that's what I'm in the midst of doing right now. Even this fixed income thing, I remember. So a lot of you guys who have been following me for a long time, you know that um, I plan on moving to the West Coast, right? I live in the Midwest right now. I plan on moving to the West Coast. And I remember even thinking when I first, you know, decided that I was going to move to the West Coast. I remember thinking like, dang, you know, like I really, really, really love my home where I currently live and I'm gonna have to give that up to move to the West coast. Cause I don't like the location, but I love the physical space. Right. And you know, it was where I was born and there's a, you know, a little bit of sentiment and nostalgia there. And so I was, then it, it occurred to me, it took a moment, like maybe weeks for it to occur to me, like, or you could do both. Like you don't have to choose, like you could be by coastal, like you can own multiple homes. You can have own multiple properties. And I'm like, oh, OK, boom. That's the new goal. Right. The new goal is a bi-coastal lifestyle where I own two properties and I live where I want at the time of the year that I want. But I remember at one time thinking I had to choose. So just this just this lack mindset that I can't have all of it. All of it is available to me all the time. And I can do this work in three hour damn work days. You know what I'm saying? And so just like recognizing that we can't make assumptions about what's valuable to somebody else. We can't tell somebody else something else is expensive just because, you know, it was expensive to us. It was expensive to us because we didn't see the value attached to the cost. It was nothing to them because they saw the value attached to the price tag. And so I have to encourage, you know, my coaches and my plant-based certification not to put that on their clients. I had to learn that not to put that on my people. Like, Lisa, you you have no right to make any assumption about what, somebody's, what somebody values and what they don't. And so even now, most of us, we're 20, 30, 40, you know, years away from retirement. And most of us are already on a fixed income, right? We're not even in retirement yet, but We're getting what our job or our boss or whatever is willing to pay us. We know about how much it's going to be every week or every two weeks or every month, however you get paid, and we're fixed. We're like, everything I want to do in life has to fit into this amount that I'm going to get in two weeks. You're living on a fixed income right now, right? And so we're, even with the advancements in education and technology, we're still not creating opportunities to get out of this fixed system. you know. But the question is, I want you to ask yourself if you if you're thinking about this and you're like, damn, my income is fixed right now and I'm 50 years away from retirement. And I plan on it being fixed again and maybe even fixed at a lower amount because I'm no longer working and only receiving a percentage of what I was making when I was working. So if you're on a fixed income right now, but your income doesn't match the lifestyle you desire to live, I want you to ask yourself, is my income fixed or is my mindset fixed? Come on now. Come on now, somebody write it down. Is my income fixed or is my mindset fixed? Right? Because I was fixed into thinking I had to choose one place to live when I can choose 10. Okay? I was fixed into thinking, even when I began working for myself, that I had to work at least eight hours. Matter of fact, if I'm being completely honest, I used to think now that I'm an entrepreneur, I need to work more than eight hours. Stupid. I used to literally think entrepreneurship means putting in 10, 12 hours. Like, no, that's what you do as an entrepreneur. What? Says who? If I can get the job done in three, we out here, Netflix and chill on a riverfront looking at the water at one o'clock in the afternoon. Like there's no reason for this nonsense. Right. But I was so indoctrinated into a system that was telling me this had to look this way. Until, until I moved to a culture that showed me, like, y'all doing it all wrong over, you know, over there. And I'm like, yo, and so is your income fixed or is your mindset fixed, right? Like, many of these cultural ideologies have been created. Um, all, many of these indoctrinations that we're embedded into, they were not necessarily created maliciously. They're just outdated and antiquated. Like the eight hour workday. Again, most of us are not doing industrial skill labor. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people that are, but they're now also getting paid overtime for it. Right. Like they're getting paid properly if they do decide to do overtime so that the wear and tear on their body, you know, is at least some compensation coming for that. But these ideologies that we live in are so antiquated and we're still we're not abandoning them, though. We're just embedded like, boom, you live um, you don't you don't take vacations and see the world until you retire, and that's the way it is. You gotta wait. You gotta get your best years to your liabilities, and your later years to being fixed, and maybe going on a small vacation one time a year if you can make it work. Crazy. That's crazy, right? And so, since we're on fixed lifestyles, um, I want to talk about health. I want to bring this back to health really quickly. Um, there was a time like when um, a lot of us thought that being sick and being ill was okay. Like there was a time, and I am even going to say there was a time, like a lot of us still believe this. Like when you get older, it comes with aches and pains. When you, um, you know, like it's okay to be on at least one medication. It's okay to um, have at least one health challenge. Like it's not surprising, right? And so like not feeling well is expected. Like it's more shocking in our culture to be, you know, older and not have any health challenges and not be overweight than it is to have health challenges and be at a healthy weight. It's more shocking for you to be, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. Like we brag about people who are older and still have their faculties. She was still sharp. Like, okay, why wouldn't she be right? And so we think because people degrade so bad because of our our uh, quality of our low quality of our lifestyles in this country, we are so proud to not do that when the opposite should be the norm, right? And so, if we're especially if we're part of a certain minority group, you know, being diseased or being medicated is totally normal. Like having blood pressure in the black community is like nothing bad to bat an eye at. Having fibroids as, as a black woman is. Yeah, me too. Right. Like it's, it's a whole different type of me too movement. Right. Like being overweight or obese in the black community is like, I ain't gonna look twice at that. Right. But if you were to go to, I used to live in China, like if you go to China, if I go to. I used to live in the south of China in Foshan, like it is abnormal to see somebody morbidly obese. I don't even know if I ever saw it. Do they have people overweight? Absolutely. Morbidly obese, never saw it. Right. So you look, you're doing a double take. It's, it's kind of how they did a double take when they saw me walking down the street and wanted to come up and touch my natural hair. Like say, what not? Right. I'm not you're not normal here. Like I we're not used to seeing you. It's like when that little kid that uh, at the school that I was teaching at licked my hand and told me I didn't taste like chocolate. Like you, you different. Right. But here, ill health being medicated and diseased is so normal we're we're indoctrinated into a system that tells us there's nothing wrong with this like we get colds we cough we are constantly medicated we're constantly hospitalized with stuff having heart attacks left and right you know having strokes left and right losing our mental faculties left and right and ain't nobody pushing a five alarm bell like everybody's like sad to hear that sorry to hear that you know gone too soon you know he or she will be missed right? Like, it's not like panic. Nobody's like, stop the press. Too many of us are dying prematurely. Too many of us are becoming disabled, you know, unnecessarily through lifestyle choices. So, but what happened and the reason this happens is because medical schools, this is where the indoctrination comes from. Let's do another history lesson like we did for the nine to five, eight hour work day. When it comes to uh, modern medicine, and medical schools in this country, the reason they exist the way they do today is because historically, pharmaceutical companies have been responsible for dictating um, medical school curriculum. So one of the most prominent pharmaceutical companies that's responsible is Bayer. And so and as opposed to teaching doctors um, and preparing doctors to reverse and alleviate disease They taught doctors how to manage disease, and that is still our system today. And so we are all, just like the 9 to 5 mindset, most of us have been indoctrinated into a system where we are totally okay and it's perfectly acceptable to manage disease. Like, what, what does manage disease mean? That literally means you go to the doctor, you get diagnosed with something or pre-something, pre-diabetic, pre-hypertensive, whatever, like you're getting close to this thing. And the conversation is more than likely going to be about medications. The conversation is, you know, more than likely going to be about taking something that does absolutely nothing to alleviate the problem, but helps you live with the disease and live with the dysfunction. And none of us or, or, or you know, very few of us are... Like questioning that, you know, like and so many students come, you know, into my programs and, and take farm the table who have been on medications, y'all, for years going to the same doctor. I remember um, when I heard a, a talk from Dr. Laila Africa one time and um, the guy he was being interviewed by had type two diabetes and the, 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 the guy was like, you know, well, I've had type two diabetes for 20 years And me and my doctor, you know, I've been with my doctor for 20 years. And like like Africa was like, if you had the same doctor for 20 years and have type 2 diabetes, you need a new doctor. Because that is a reversible disease. Now, probably at his point, 20 years later, it might have got to a point of no return. But that is a reversible condition. And no way in the hell should your physician help you manage something that's reversible. What? Why would we manage something that we can get rid of? I think I posted a question recently on social media media that said, like, why would you still be suffering from a problem that that has a real solution? Like, it's not this is not a rare condition that we haven't been able to find a cure for. Like, why do you still got hypertension? Why are you still overweight? 15, 20 years later, why are you still trying to get off these same 25 pounds when there's a solution like there's a real solution? Like like millions of people have done it. Like it is possible, it's doable, but we're in this system, like I said, we have either been told this, taught this or shown this. So when we go somewhere, we go to an event and we look around and everybody's overweight, right? It normalizes it for us. Right? We, we're normalizing a body mass index of over 30, which is obesity. That's normal. And so we're in this system. We're we're normalizing we're bragging about only being on one blood pressure medication. We bragging about only being on one statin. That's a high cholesterol drug. We bragging fam. Like why, why, why are we treating? First of all, why are we managing a reversible condition? Okay. This indoctrination is crazy. But then also why are we proud of the fact that we still have to use a man-made drug to do what our body does naturally? Your body is a damn chemistry lab. It has, it has the ability, if you give it the raw materials, it has the ability to get your blood pressure down. It has the ability to alleviate. It has the ability to fight pathogens. Your body has the ability to fight COVID. Your body has the ability to fight bacteria and all the things you come in contact with, all the toxins you come in contact with in the environment. Like, you got an immune system. You have a filtration system in your, your body. Hello, kidneys. Hello, liver. Like, we have... All of this, but we still trying to go to a man-made peel powder potion or procedure. Maybe I should get a colonic. Why do you need that man-made filtration system when you have a man-made filtration system? Crazy. Like your body can do all of this. You can put your body in balance. Your job is to give it the raw materials it needs to do it, right? But we're indoctrinated into a system that says it's okay to seek outside of the body and the mind something man-made that Mother Nature and God created years ago to your benefit. But we're going to take something made by man that's going to cause long-term effects to your detriment. Do you see, like, fam, America's a caught Straight up. Like, what they doing caught? Like, I was just watching a documentary, recently about caught and all a caught is is convincing somebody of a, a set of beliefs you know in which they follow like and they don't question and you you just tell them you know you tell them enough that sounds good enough to them that you know like you you play on their emotions you you know you, you play on their most intimate um desires and you indoctrinate them into a school of thought and we and they follow the leader listen America's a call <laughs> like the thing, like the way we look at work, the way we reserve living for maybe later in life, if I'm blessed enough to get healthy years and blessed enough to get enough money, the way we approach health, where it's OK to manage disease, where it's OK um, to be to be diseased and to be chronically medicated um, for millions of people to die every day from stuff that was pre- preventable. And none of us are like worried about that, that is is indoctrination that is caught like behavior. <laughs> All right? And so the 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 link here between the 9 to 5 mindset and kind of the mindset around health is just that. I want you to have a level of self-awareness and critical thinking ability to realize that you're in a system that you didn't create that was not created for your benefit, right? We can clearly see the benefit that Bayer had in dictating the curriculum in medical schools we can clearly see the the benefit that, you know, Ford had in creating an eight-hour workday for his factory workers, right? But we're in a system that wasn't created for our modern day life or benefit, but we have no idea how to disconnect from that system, right? And so there was a time, y'all, when we Let's talk about the advancements real quick and I'm gonna wrap up. But there was a time where we had to, where we had to rely on white coats with years of, you know, schooling to tell us what to do for our health. There was a time where that was our only option. There was a time where we had to take a job um, that didn't bring us joy, that didn't give us self actualization, um, that didn't give us autonomy, but we had to take that job to pay the bills. There was a time where we, you know, we had to do what we had to do. Why? Because the barrier to entry to anything else was too big. Okay. So there was a time where you had to take what was being given to you and make it stretch to make a living for yourself. There was a time where you had to take what the doctor told you as law and make it work for you. Because there, like, who else was going to tell you, you know, what the anatomy and about the physiology of your body? Who else was going to pay you enough to keep a roof over you you and your family's head, right? And so there was a time where that made sense. And now we're at a point where um, the internet is out, okay? I don't know if any of y'all know, but the internet is out, okay? So before the, the, the advances in technology, specifically the internet, right, then we had to take what was given to us, and especially if you're a minority, especially if you're a minority, we know the wealth gap is insane, right? We can put a couple football fields in the wealth gap, okay? And so there was a time when we had to settle for these things. But let me tell you what's happened now. Let me tell you why no one should ever be currently on a fixed income or be talking about, be planning to be on a fixed income in retirement. You wanna know why? Because the barrier to entry and to making more money it's barely a barrier anymore. Like, I'm not telling anybody to quit their job. You can love what you do working for somebody. There's absolutely nothing nothing wrong with that. Everybody ain't meant to be an entrepreneur, trust me, right? I'm not telling anybody to quit their job. What I'm saying is, if the the, the amount that your current work is paying you it doesn't match the lifestyle that you desire to live for you and your family, there's no reason why you can't increase your earning potential and, and increase your income. Let me tell you what's happened now. Before, if you wanted to be a clothing designer, if you wanted to, I don't know, sell T-shirts and income for a living. right? There was a time where the barrier to entry to that was too big, meaning you had to go out and buy. You had to go out and buy the inventory. You had to buy the shirts. You had to have it physically in stock. There was a time when you had to get the T-shirts, get the hoodies, maybe had to buy the screen Press screen print machine, however, they get words on shirts. I don't know, y'all. I teach health for a living. But there was a time where you had to like sit on your laurels and not be able to live out that dream because the cost of entry was too high. Now, guess what happened? Drop shipping exists. You can literally go on a website now, put some words on a mock-up of a t-shirt or a hoodie. Throw it on a website and convince a stranger to pay you they hard on money for it whilst sitting in your living room. You don't got the shirts inside. Hell, you might not never saw them in person. You, there was a time where the barrier to entry to abundance was limited for the majority of us. That doesn't exist. If you have a book in you, there was a time when maybe you couldn't even fathom, you know, writing that book because editing costs too much, publishing costs too much. Now what? Editing, you get freelance, you editing and you can now self-publish like that is no longer a barrier to entry. Whatever your desire is, whatever your desire is for the quality of life you want to live, it no longer has to be fixed. If you still live A fixed life, a fixed income, if you're planning to live, have a fixed income in five, ten years, however many years you got till retirement, it's because your mindset is fixed. It's not because that's your only option. I promise you it's not. I promise you it's not. Let me tell you, you, maybe you don't even want to, maybe you don't even have the energy to lift a finger to put the sweet phrase on the t-shirt or the hoodie to sell. Maybe you don't even have the energy to write the book and then, you know, self-publish. You can make money passively now. There was a time where in order to invest in real estate, you had to have thousands of dollars to, to invest in property. There was a time where investing in fine art was reserved for the elite, the upper echelon of our society. honey. Honey, you can invest in real estate right now today with like $500, right? Shout out to Fundrise. Like, what? It's insane how your, your lifestyle no longer has to be fixed. Fine art. Let me tell you something. I was just recently, within the last couple of months, looking into investing in fine art. My young black self from Detroit looking like, how can I invest in these Picassos here? you feel me? And I'm on the phone with the guy, right? And he's telling me like, okay, these are the art pieces we got coming up, you know, and, you know, we had so many investors so far, you know, this is the minimum amount you got to put in and, you know, you can be an investor in fine art and then here's how you get your money back. Here's how it works. You know, they're the most popular artists. You know, you want to get on those like quickly. If we get a Basquiat in, if we get a Picasso in, if we get a Warhol in, like this is how you, I can invest in fine, I can afford, I'm in my thirties. I can afford right now to invest in fine art. That's how the advancements intake, like this crowdfunding to invest in real estate, crowdfunding to invest in fine art. That's how the advancements. And technology and advancements and education have made it so that if you live fixed in any way, fixed income, fixed lifestyle, think you got to stay in the same house for the rest of your life, that's a you problem, not a us problem. That's a you problem. That's not, that's not a society problem. That's a you problem. You have a fixed mindset. I mean, let's take it to health. Let me tell you something. There was a time when, again, you had to rely on a white coat would typically have some white skin under it um, to tell you what, what was or wasn't wrong with your body to tell you what to take for it. Now what has happened with the advancement in education and an advancement in our culture? Me, me, me. I now teach people to do that. Yeah. I, I went and, and and did pre-med for a couple years and I decided because this is how advanced shit is. I decided after a couple of years of pre-med, I could do this on my own. I can literally master anatomy, physiology, neurology. I can master, um, you know, how chronic disease works, how to correct it. I can self-study. Look at the advancements in education, y'all. Now, what's becoming more popular than going to university, What's becoming more popular you know, than applying to a four-year college, sitting in classrooms for four years with a majority of the credits ain't going toward anything you ever planned on, looking at again in life anyway, coming out with thousands upon thousands of debt? That whole system that we're indoctrinated into, what college you want to go to, what school you want to go to, it's becoming antiquated. Look at what's happening with education right now. Damn it, I created my own school the Black Health Academy. I decided about going on five years now, I create the Black Health Academy in 2017. I have a damn school. People ask me, Lisa, what do you do for a living? I'm a teacher. Where do you teach the Black Health Academy? They don't know that I'm the damn creator. I'm the visionary. I'm the principal. I'm the co-principal or vice principal, whatever it's called. I'm the school board. I dictate and create the curriculum. And let me tell you how the advancements in education in this have helped. Let me tell you, literally, I have helped thousands of people since creating my companies overcome chronic health challenges, and I have never walked across a medical school graduation floor. And I am well-versed. Like, I study, study. Don't get me wrong. Like, I put the work in. But my company has helped thousands of people that look like me understand their bodies better, understand medicine better, understand food better, so that they can go and heal themselves without, and, and most of these people may be underinsured, most of these people might be uh, not insured, or just even worse, most of these people are victims of the original system, and they finally came to me because that wasn't working for them. Let me give you a real-time example. At my company, the Black Health Academy, I have a uh, we have a class called Get Planted, and I teach it every first Saturday of the month. It's called Get Planted, an introduction to a whole food plant-based lifestyle. I've been teaching Get Planted since 2018, since July of 2018. We've only missed one Saturday in all of that, all of those years. And that's because um, I was out of town. and had a speaking gig and, uh, at a conference. But anyway, this class is free. At my company, at the Black Health Academy, this first Saturday Get Planted class Doesn't cost anything but time and attention, but from a financial standpoint, I don't charge anything. I never have I've never intended to Okay, so let me tell you what happens. I get planted every first Saturday of the month People come I select a topic and you I have I have pre-selected a topic. I teach a master class around that topic So we're in March right now mark this month the month of March Our first Saturday class was all about hypertension and high cholesterol. I did a deep dive into what those conditions are, what causes those conditions, what's the long-term effects of using medications to treat those conditions, and how to use a whole food, plant-based diet, and other lifestyle modifications to reverse those conditions. Three, three, let me tell you what somebody said on that call. We had Iris. She's been coming to First Saturdays for a long time. Iris have never has never paid me a dime. The Black Health Academy, our membership platform is complimentary, and First Saturday is complimented. I only charge for two things, and that is to work with me directly in my two coaching programs. But you can come get this health at no charge if you cannot afford it. So let me tell you what happened. In our first Saturday class, um, this month, in the month of March, just a couple of weeks ago, at the end of class, I'm wrapping up. I'm telling people where they can find a replay, blah, blah, blah. People like sharing, like, this was so helpful. Thank you so much, you know you know, you know, selling me a dream, telling me they about to stop eating salt. I hope they did it. You know, they be selling me a dream, y'all. Um, but they telling me like, you know what? I'm done with me. Oh, my God. I didn't know, you know, that was what, what it was doing to my arteries. Oh, my God. Right. And so they, they gassing me. They gassing me. And so Iris was like, Lisa, before we go, um, I just want to give a testimony. I was like, okay, Iris. Now, Iris is an older black woman. Okay. She, uh, I think she lives in Michigan. She lives a couple hours away from Detroit, I think, though. Okay. Um, older black woman in the, in the society that we live in, the indoctrinated thought processes that we live in right now, somebody might see Iris, assume she's maybe on a couple of medications and you know, it's just like the norm, right? Okay. So Iris was like, before you go, Lisa, I just want to share something. Iris blew my mind. She said, I've been coming to these first Saturday classes for a long time. She was like, and when Lisa started talking about when she come in here and start talking about giving up meat, (laughs) eggs. And dairy, she was like, I'm gonna be honest with you. And the first couple times, I was like, nah, right? And of course, you know, I said nah. You know, Iris, she was talking a little more proper. Okay, don't put that on Iris. Put that, put that slang on me. And so, but she said, the first couple times I was coming to class, I was like, woo, wow, like all animal products, huh? She was like, and then Lisa started talking about giving up salt, oil, and sugar, and I really lost it, right? She's like, I promise you, I wasn't here for none of it. I wasn't here for it, right? She was like, but I finally started doing it. I finally started listening to what she was saying. I started taking these things out of my diet. She was like, I am a testimony to this day right now. As I said, I, I, I have been uh, removed from four medications. I almost slid out of my seat, y'all. I, because the first Saturday class is free, okay? And so what that means is I'm not keeping track of these individuals. When they come to my lectures and my talks, I have no idea whether or not they use the information. I just keep showing up because of my obedience to God. But because it's not, you know, a formulated coaching program like Farm the Table is and like the other 23 is, I don't have a student database of these students. I'm not keeping track of their food. I don't know whether they do this stuff or not. And sometimes I ask them to share, but sometimes people like to keep their journey to themselves. So even people that get results sometimes don't share. They just keep coming back. But Iris was like, I'm now no longer on four medications because of what I've been learning here at the Black Health Academy coming to first Saturdays." She, and she had the nerve to say, and I'm still trying to get myself ready for farm to table. <laughs> Wait, what? You're doing all that work on your own. You're not in my programs with me and my staff and my team. And you've been able to get off of four medications. That is the evolution of our society and technology. Education now, it can, it can be free Or you can pay way less than what you would pay to go to a four or five year university. But moreover, you know, the quality of your health care and your health education can be enhanced and improved because of individuals like myself and other obedient individuals who are showing up to the calling. Like I you have the ability to create some if you have mastery around a subject matter, you have the ability to create an offering or create a platform and roll people into that platform and serve them at the highest level possible. We no longer have to go to traditional schools. We no longer have to work traditional jobs. We no longer have to have a fixed income. And we no longer have to have fixed health. There was a time where Iris would have had to settle and be on those four medications until maybe they took her life earlier than they were supposed to because she didn't have access to or nobody was willing to offer her nutrition education or offer her an alternative like we have done at the Black Health Academy. So this idea of anything needing to be fixed is insane to me. Like this idea that, you know, we should, are, should have to suffer with diseases that are preventable because that's just the way it is or just because everybody else in our culture has fibroids or everybody else in our culture is overweight or everybody else in our culture has hypertension. If you think that that is just your fate or that's just part of the process of aging or just not having enough money to live the life that you want to live is just, it's just what it is, your mindset is fixed. Nothing else. Your mindset is fixed nothing else because the opportunity to do something different deep uh uh live something different and show something different to your children is out here is out here and i want you guys to know and understand that it doesn't have to be the way you you think it is and it doesn't have to and you don't have to wait you don't have to wait until later to live differently and so if you if you are currently indoctrinated into a nine to five mindset where you maybe you think work has to be hard work has to be long work has to be Monday through Friday life has to be on Saturday and Sunday you have to take the income that's handed to you and can't create any other money any other way because the cost of entry is too high um, that's a you problem that's a you problem and a lot of people that created these structures created didn't create them for our benefit Or if they weren't intently malicious, they've just been outdated and antiquated. Um, So that's all I got today for y'all. Sharice on Facebook says, um, never nine to five. So blessed. Let's go, Sharice. Bless you and keep teaching and leading. Thank you. Thank you so much. I need to check out the Black Health Academy. Listen, go to www.theblackhealthacademy.com. So the masterclass that I'm doing in April um, is about chronic stress. (laughs) Come on now. This is right on. Right right on, um, right on brand, ain't it? Because like so many of us are living these fixed lifestyles and it stresses us out because we feel like we don't have the capacity. We don't have the abundance. We don't have the opportunity or whatever to live differently. And that causes stress. And now it's a vicious cycle because stress shortens your life. And so if you want to understand um, the physiological and biological impact of chronic stress and how to overcome it, Then you definitely want to join me in first Saturdays, uh, especially for the month of April 2022. And just go to www.theblackhealthacademy.com to register. Like it's, it costs, I'm not asking for nothing. This is my public service, right? I'm, from a business standpoint, I'm responsible enough to charge what my programs are, uh, are valued at so that I can do things like this for free. Most of us, even as entrepreneurs, We are indoctrinated into this mindset that you got to make things, quote unquote, affordable for people when affordable is a different number for every damn person on the planet. (laughs) What? So how how do you feel like you like have to shortchange yourself as a business owner or a person that's offering value to the world and charge, quote unquote, what's affordable? I want to be affordable when what's affordable to her, him and them are all three different numbers. Affordable is not the same number for all of us. Right. And so that's another thing we're indoctrinated into into thinking that we're supposed to be cheap or we're supposed to be whatever because we're serving. No, I help people reverse chronic health challenges. You even what I charge is only a percentage of what traditional medicine would have charged you to manage it for 20 years. What? Right. But. I've become a savvy enough business owner to set my prices according to the value that they're providing so that I can show up every first Saturday for a month for free and serve the people who can not afford that and still able to get results like Iris. And I have no resentment about it. I have no guilt about it. I'm not bitching and moaning about doing this for free and don't nobody want to pay. No, nope. I'm not indoctrinated into that mindset that people don't want to pay, that people can't afford it, that people don't have money. No, what people don't have, what people don't have is a clear understanding of the value you're offering. And if they think you're expensive or if they think they can't afford it, it's it's a you problem, not a them problem. You've done a horrible job of articulating the value of what you offer. It's not them is you. If nobody pays you that much, it's because you haven't done a good job of articulating the value of what you offer, right? And so I set my prices based on the value that I'm offering to the marketplace in the unique way in which I'm offering it. And that affords me the luxury of doing things complimentary. For the entire year 2022, guys, I said at the top of this year, I sent out an email to my email list like, For the the entire year of 2022, my speaking fees have been reduced to what you choose to pay me. Come on now. Now, now, wait a minute. Now, let me be honest for a minute. Can I be honest for a minute? I couldn't have done this in the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, right? I could not have offered this. Now, I'm so blessed and honored to be at a place in my business where I can offer to do for free what I normally charge thousands of dollars for. Okay? So, I, I got so pissed off about black people dying and minorities dying from the pandemic and all of this. I said my word and my teachings are not spreading fast enough for me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make it cost little to nothing. So all of 2022, this deal is still going on right now because we still in 2022. If you want to book me to speak for your organization, corporate, your family, the minimum, you got to have a minimum of five people. If you want to book me to speak I will do it complimentary. Only thing you pay is either $50 to hold the date on my calendar if it's an online event, $100 to hold the date on my calendar if it's an in-person event, and after I speak, you have the option to sew a gift. And the gift goes toward a scholarship for somebody to take my farm-to-table program. That is a blessing that I am able to offer that because I have properly priced the things that I do charge for right so I can now gift my time I can now gift my expertise to those who need this word it, it, it's just you know you know what I'm saying so this this concept of value and cost and just thinking that people don't want to pay for nothing or people can't afford nothing that's a you problem that's the energy that's the energy that you putting out. you don't want to pay for nothing you broke and so you you projecting that on the rest of us that ain't me like I pay good money to my coach, good money to my coach, like what I pay to my coach can be somebody's annual salary. And so I don't have a problem asking and charging the prices that I charge for the things I do charge for, because number one, I understand the value of the problem I'm solving, right? And number two, I don't have a lack mindset or I'm not indoctrinated into a system that says, because I serve, I should do it for free. That's just a system that you've been embedded into and it don't make no sense for nobody. It don't make no sense to nobody because when people pay, they pay attention. Let me tell you, this Saturday and uh, what's today, like Wednesday, in three days on Saturday, we're going to graduate our winter 2022 semester of farm the table. Every single student in this semester is excelling. Ain't nobody dropping the ball. Like everybody is getting results. Everybody is doing the work. Now, if this was still a $500 program like it used to be years ago, it would be a whole different conversation. And all of y'all know who are entrepreneurs or business owners where you have, you know, had to fight people tooth and nail to do what they paid to do. Like, how you paid to be here and you still ain't doing the work? We ain't got that problem this semester in Farm the Table, honey. They, they getting it. They like, I paid too much not to eat these damn plants. <laughs> you feel me? And so they're, they're seeing the results. They're watching, you know, their body and their minds change as a result of adopting this lifestyle and as a result of being in this coaching program where me and my team is helping them do that right and we charge accordingly for that and so that allows us to go give in places where people who can afford it right so first saturday me speaking for free all of that and that's that's the power right there look sharice said that's good thank you Charisse. you are helping me this is such a blessing thank you sharice says uh what you do in secret in his name he will reward you openly don't i know it Don't I know it? Don't I know it? Come on now. Come on now. When I say blessings on blessings, y'all, I've been working on my spirituality for like the past year or so, just like really working on my relationship with God and getting closer. And um, it's deep. I had some stuff happen to me yesterday. I would call my best friend right after it happened. I told her I had to look out my windshield in my car and look up at the sky because I thought I was about to physically see God. Like the blessings when you are obedient to what you're supposed to do, the blessings. The, the, look, me and her got this inside joke. She was like, you got your helmet? <laughs> and what that means is that blessings are falling out the sky on us. They raining on us. Because when you are obedient to what you're called to do and you show up to do the work and like Sharice said, what you do in secret just helping other people without looking for the fame, the fortune and the acknowledgement. Y'all know this already. I'm preaching to the choir but that like blessings on blessings, right? You always get a 10X return. You always get a 10X return. Always, always. But first it starts with disconnecting from the belief systems um, and this massive system that we've been indoctrinated into because I promise you, America's a cult. I'm a I don't, I don't house to say it. Like the fact that i be stressed out on my off day because I feel like I should be working. The, that level of brainwashing is insane and it's brilliant. <laughs> right. The fact that me working a three hour work day makes me feel like makes me feel like I'm not doing enough. That's a level of brainwashing and cult like indoctrination. That's unexplainable. They should, they should feature that on 2020. Like, how in the hell, right? So now I'm considering moving to a whole nother country, into a whole nother culture, because I need to physically be in an environment where people don't think like that all the time so that I can disconnect from that thought process. Please, 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 please. Come on now. Sharice said, You are talking. I'm trying to, I'm doing my best. Uh, Chef Dunny says, Send this out to y'all friends. Come on now. Come on now. Send this out to y'all friends. You know, tell somebody, get somebody enrolled and help them to understand that the thoughts they think, you know, the the beliefs they have were not theirs to begin with. They weren't yours. They were given to you. They were passed down to you. Right. They were demonstrated to you, but they are not yours. And so really anything, anything that's causing you emotional distress in your life, you know, anything that's causing you overwhelming your life. I want you to ask yourself, why are you doing it? Like what makes you believe you have to? Why are you here? Right. And what who do I need to become? Write that down. Who do I need to become in order to do something different? Not what do I need to do? The first question you ask is who do I need to become in order to do something different? Because your belief system, your limiting belief systems, we work um, a lot with our students in front of the table about limiting belief systems because their belief systems will dictate their ability to live a whole food, plant-based lifestyle optimally. Because if they if they still believe, for example, that they cannot get enough protein from plants, that belief system is going to have them out here in these here stores paying Whole Foods $40 or $50 for some plant-based protein that they don't need. Like, you don't need a powder for protein, and so we have to work on belief systems. And that's what it's all about. Come on, chef. You plants every damn day. Don't gas me up with my hashtag. Don't gas me up with my hashtag, not on today, okay? And so it makes me think, um, that's the last thing I'm going to say, y'all, but I know I've been on here over an hour, but it makes me even think about the questions people ask me when they're trying to, you know, adopt a plant-based lifestyle and when they're trying to go vegan. Even their questions are formed from an indoctrinated mindset. So they'll say like, What do you eat for breakfast on a plant-based diet? Because we don't recognize that this concept of breakfast is a made-up construct. Like, the, the person who said that toast, bacon, eggs, pancakes, waffles, or cereal meant breakfast, like, they just created a construct. Breakfast food is made up. So they're like, what do you eat? you know for a breakfast on a plant-based diet I'm like food like probably for me whatever is left over from the day before oh I made a pot of chili chili for breakfast <laughs> right like oh you know I made a vegetable stir- vegetable stir fry for breakfast I made tacos ta- quinoa meat tacos for breakfast but what we're so used to like breakfast food is a thing or they'll ask me here's a real common one that I get in my talks you know um another one from an indoctrinated mindset they'll say What, what multivitamin do you recommend? None of them. Like, why you got to take a multivitamin? Why you got to take something man-made? Like, what are you deficient in? What are you, what deficiency are you treating? Oh, I don't know. I just, you know, thought it was healthy to take multivitamin. You don't need a multivitamin. The only time you need to supplement is if lab work, blood work has shown that you're uh, critically deficient in something. Then you temporarily take a supplement, preferably not man-made, but if it has to be, you temporarily take a supplement to get your levels up and then you maintain those levels by changing your diet and consuming um, a more robust and diverse form of the plant kingdom. But people ask me, what multivitamins do you take? What protein powder do you use? I don't take a protein powder. I don't take a multivitamin. But we were, were subscribed to this system that man made up. The only reason vitamins exist is because you can't put a patent on the plant. If you can patent kale, if you could patent arugula, if you could patent beets, we wouldn't even need man made vitamins. Man just had to create a way, man just had to create a way to monetize something that grew out the ground. Because can't nobody go outside and be like, I own the right to beets. I own the right, you know, to the squash. I own the right to an avocado. So we got to extract the vitamins and minerals that come naturally in those plants and put them in a peel powder, you know, or a liquid and put it in a bottle so that we can monetize it. That's why vitamins and supplements exist. Not because anybody was trying to save your life. It was a system of monetization. I don't know. I'm just saying, Americans are caught. That's that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So listen, um, the Relationship Recoverer says, I can attest to this, Lise. It's the real deal. Come get this knowledge. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, Yes, Sharice, the plant kingdom is powerful, powerful. Most people, even when they come to a plant-based diet, um, even when they come to a plant-based diet, they literally still don't eat diverse enough and still suffer deficiencies because um, they literally say, you know, I'm not getting everything I need, and I got to go back to meat. I'm like, no, your your point of view is too limited. You only eat spinach and kale, and you think you're gonna get everything you need. Baby, you gotta throw some dandelion greens in there. You gotta throw some Swiss chard and some rainbow chard in there, honey. You gotta get out your comfort zone. You gotta stop just eating the white button mushrooms, honey. You gotta explore some shiitake and some enoki mushrooms, honey. Like, or so we we we're like, I'm gonna eat what only what I want to eat and take a man made supplement. That don't even make sense. Come on now, Sunny <laughs> said, what's your cash out so I can put some in the collection plate." <laughs> stop it. No collection required. No collection required, sunny All what you could do for me is to like, share this video, send it to somebody who needs to hear it. Take something from it or ideology from it and pass it on to somebody. Just serve. Like payment for me is service. Like go tap somebody's shoulder and pay. You know, and like pass it down, right? Um, that's what's important. I don't know if I got the ability yet on Instagram. They might have a little button where you can buy a coin, but I don't know if I got that. I don't know if I got that leverage yet. Um, (laughs) But Cherise said, let's so please. Okay, well, my cash app is just at Lisa Angel Smith. Uh, Make sure it's me. That's a real common name. It's going to be like a white background with my natural hair out. Uh, So cash app is just at Lisa Angel Smith. But listen, I'm not asking, like, take the information and give it to somebody who can really heal their bodies, but most importantly, heal their minds. Because we got to stop thinking that we supposed to be fixed. Like, when I tell you my biggest fear in life behind getting, like, a disease or getting, you know, hurt or getting, like, my health being damaged, my biggest fear in life is a fixed income when I retire. That's my biggest fear. Like, I can't believe how many people tell me, like, when I'm um, enrolling people into my programs from the table and stuff, you know, I've had so many black women say to me, like, I can't afford this because I'm on a fixed income. and I'm And I just, it makes me twitch. Because I hate that our lives are fixed when they don't have to be. Nothing about your life should be fixed. It's okay to live a $30,000, $40,000 lifestyle, but it should be by choice. Shit, that's what uh, Warren Buffett does. Warren Buffett is a billionaire, still living his same old house in Oklahoma. One little raggedy car. Like Warren Buffett, like, no, I'm keeping this, these bags. But if he wanted to live a different lifestyle at any moment, he could. And that's all, that, that should not be reserved for the old white man. Nobody' life should be fixed. Nobody's health should be fixed. You do not have to succumb to a life of disease and medication. That is not normal, or should I say that it's not natural? Being sick and being ill is very normal, but it's not natural. And we have to lean more toward what's natural and less of what's normal, right? It's very normal to be overweight in our society, but it is not. It is not natural for your body to carry, like. Tens and twenty dozens of pounds and visceral fat around your organs. We have not. Or we have not evolved as a species where that is um, physically necessary. It's not natural. I don't care what anybody. I don't care that I don't. The, the 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 body right movement, whatever it's called. Like I'm, I'm not saying stop loving yourself. I'm telling you that being fat, being overweight, is not natural. And I know because I used to be fat. I lost sixty five pounds. It's not natural. I've watched and you guys ever see that documentary called Obesity Postmortem where they do an autopsy on somebody who literally died of obesity and show you the like the fatty liver, the fat around the heart that caused his heart to stop. What's normal is not natural in our society and we have to disconnect from this belief system that it is because it's a bunch of rubbish. It's a bunch of rubbish, Period. Yeah, Cherie says, those meds make you broke. $600 a month for my PT. Wow, that's a lot of money. $600 a month is a lot of money, right? And so that's why the cost of my programs costs what they cost. I'm gonna charge a couple couple thousand, a couple bands. I am, in order for me to help heal you so you ain't gotta pay $600 a month for the next 10 years. I already know the value of what I offer, right? And that's why it's so important. I'm saving my people so now we can reroute that money into investing in fine art, into investing in real estate, into investing in you know, um, assets that, that we historically thought were not available to us. And when I moved to the West Coast, like, that, like I remember telling somebody I um, wanted to move to West Coast. They're like, where? And I'm like, well, I'm thinking California. And they're like, ooh, the cost of living there is high. So is my income, baby. Ha! <laughs> what? Like, checkmate, right? The cost of living there is high. So is my income. Like, I don't have a lack mindset. Like, I don't not explore or do something in my life because I think I'm, it's not available to me. Like, everything is available to me. Everything is available to me. Happiness, joy, peace, love, and the bag. And optimal health. It's all available to me, right? Like, don't you dare try and, you know, ish on my dreams, because where I want to move is probably one of the most expensive states in the country. It has the highest tax brackets or tax liability, whatever it's called. That's okay. That's where I want to be. And that's available to me. Period. Right? Cherise said, you know what, Cherise? Somebody else told me that. Cherise on Facebook said West Coast will pay you for real, for real. Somebody else told me that. Like, like the, the health that you teach on Lisa, you can make money out on the West Coast. But I'm like, I don't... I don't know how that would work because my business is 100% virtual. Can I serve them? Like, I guess, you know, physically being there, I probably will make connections and get opportunities that maybe I wouldn't have got without being physical, physically being there. But I'm just like, I don't have an in-person brick and mortar business, um, but who knows what's going to happen when I get to the West Coast. But, you know, don't tell me about the cost of living in another city. Like one of the cities I went to San Francisco last year and on the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge, y'all, is a city called Sausalito on the of Sausalito and so we were over there having breakfast one morning at Sausalito and we just looking out at the water, looking at the houses, looking at the community, and we just really liked it. And I'm like, man, you know, you know, like Sausalito is a million dollar, probably multi-million dollar community. And um, you know, we were just like looking. I have this app that I use because I really am leaving the Midwest, and I have this app that I use that tells me the cost of living somewhere. So you put in how much you currently make. And you put in where you want to move to. And it tells you the gap between those numbers. Like, well, you need, if you want to maintain the lifestyle you live now, it'll tell you, you need to make, you know, this much more per year or annually to maintain the life you have, you know, in the city you're currently in. And so I use that app. I'm like, okay, how do I need to plan? Because not moving is not an option. Like, I don't operate my life on that would be nice. Like, I don't op- op- operate my life on it will be nice to one day be able to. No, we got dates in the books. Like, I'm trying to be out the Midwest by 2023, mid-year. Like, I'm not going to wait till I'm 40 years from now and then go catch some rays on the beach. Well, and I, I ain't even a beach person. I don't even know why I said that. I hate the beach. I think the beach is one of the most boring places on the planet. Like, why do y'all be at the beach for 10 hours? It makes no sense. But my point is, if I want to be, I'm trying to be steps from it. You feel me? So I'm not going to just like one day, maybe if God is willing, then I will hopefully be able to see that, see the ocean out my window before I die. Nah, the cost of living is high in California and so is my income. So checkmate. That's all I got to say about that. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Cherise says my, um, my clients are there. Mine is virtual. Go where God leads you. We all virtual. Now, ain't that the truth? We all virtual. Not amen. Hey Amen. <laughs> Sunny said you had me till you started bad mouth on the beach. Sunny. but you know what? I'm be, if I'm being completely honest, it's a me problem because I have a sun allergy and on a beach, there's no way to get away from the sun. So I literally start breaking out, heat rash, hives. It don't matter how much sunscreen I wear. I now buy um, some protective clothing from this company called the Cooley Bar. Um, I wear sun protective clothing, I wear sunscreen and I still like, would get like the worst sunburn I've ever had was on a beach and, um, Myrtle beach. And it was so bad, like peeling everything. And this is with sunscreen and everything. I have this thing where I'm just like allergic to the sun. I've looked it up. I forget the name of the condition, but it's like, I really have it. And, um, so that's part of the reason I don't like the beach. So my ideal vacation is always a cityscape. It's always a metropolis where I can like, bike ride through the city I can like go to museums but like a beach is not it's never appealing to me never unless it's at night but like I the sun gives me anxiety (laughs) but again that's a me problem because of my condition um okay I think that's it y'all was this helpful I hope it was helpful um like that's that's my take on Getting rid of the nine to five mindset, getting rid of the fixed income mindset, getting rid of the fixed health mindset, you know, getting rid of these is just the cards I was dealt mindset. Um, So please like and share this. If you do need help with your personal health and really believe that adopting a whole food plant based diet what will help you um, to alleviate any chronic health challenge and live a life of radical obedience, please go apply to Farm to Table. The application is open right now. The next cohort starts on Tuesday, April 26th. Um, just go to lisaangelsmith.com forward slash work with me and apply for Farm to Table. And if you are a health professional, um, whether that be like a nurse, doctor, health coach, you know, yogi um, and, or mental health specialist, anything in the health space, And you want to master plant-based nutrition so that you can start teaching nutrition to your clients integrated into your current offerings. Then you need to also go to lisaangelsmith.com forward slash work with me and apply for the other 23. The other 23 is a year-long plant-based coaching certification. I have some phenomenal coaches in there who um, I'm helping them to master plant-based nutrition across multiple disciplines. So when I said earlier that I'm living my dream, I truly am, because my dream, number one, is to extend the life expectancy of people of color, and number two, to flood the plant-based education space with um, minorities, because when I was getting certified in plant-based nutrition, I was learning all the science, honey, Um, you know, even when I was pre-med, like I did not see a lot of people that look like me, right? Um, and so I want to make sure our people who are suffering the hardest from lifestyle diseases have representation in this plant-based space so that they know that this is a, um, a option for them, like that this is a real option for them. And when we don't see ourselves in spaces, it hinders our ability to effectively execute in that space. And so if you are a health professional, number one, and you are not If you're helping anybody with any aspect of health, whether it be physical health, mental health, emotional health, or spiritual health, and you are not addressing what they put in their bodies and their minds, you are doing them a disservice. If you are not addressing what your clients are eating and you are in the health space, you're doing them a disservice. I don't care if you're a personal trainer. I don't care if you're an energy worker. I don't care if you're a yogi. All the practices that you teach to your clients and your students are going to be hindered, the effectiveness of them is going to be hindered if you're not addressing what your clients are eating. It's, it's, it's just no way around it. But then also, you know, um, if you are uh, if you work in the health space and you are not, not only not addressing nutrition, but if you are addressing nutrition, if you have no knowledge around plant-based nutrition, you're essentially ignoring the evolution that's happening right in front of you. Even if your clients never fully identify as vegan, more and more people are interested in removing a lot of the animal products from their diet and understanding and learning why that's beneficial. So you, as their health coach, as their doctor, as their nurse, um, as their coach, have to have a level of mastery around nutrition science and level of mastery around plant-based nutrition so that you can help them be the most optimal version of themselves. So I'm telling you, like this ain't even a sales pitch. Like my coaches in the other twenty-three, they working on all type of stuff. Like we got people who treating diabetes type two. We got. Um one young lady that's treating SIBO, um, small intestinal bacterial over overgrowth. We got one. I got one coach who's working in childhood development, helping mothers feed their children differently so that they don't grow up and have chronic disease. I have um, yogis in the space who's helping people with um, painful periods. I have a therapist who focuses on mood disorders, um, anxiety, and depression. This is my dream. My dream was to make plant based nutrition and nutrition. Part of a viable treatment plan across multiple disciplines, not just weight loss. But I I got a coach who focuses on weight loss because she overcame obesity. I got a coach who focuses on food addiction. The disciplines in which we're integrating this science into, it just makes me want to shed tears. Because finally, people are noticing that food impacts your body, your mood, your longevity, your life expectancy. Like food plays a role in all of that. And so my dream was to create a program where I'm helping people of color reach expert level mastery so that they can integrate it to the people they serve. And that's exactly what's happening inside the other 23. So anyway, I said all that to say, if you're a health professional... And you know you need to master nutrition science. If You want to be certified in plant-based nutrition. If you want to learn high-level coaching techniques and how to position yourself as an authority in your space, then you need to apply for the other 23. I'm telling you, we get down. You hear me? Like, we go hard. I'm a tough coach. But my process was not created for your... Um, convenience it was created for you to get the result that you signed up for and that I promised you when you enroll so it's going to make you uncomfortable in some spaces the things I'm asking you to do you know as you evolve into a public coach as you involve you know your business but that's what it is um okay Sharice, Sharice said I have some clients for you um shoot me a DM Sharice and let's talk about it um and I might have some for you too let me know exactly what you do what space you're in who you serve and um I'm more than happy um to spread the word uh Cherise says Callie needs you so many are into it um thank you so much thank you so much I appreciate it oh Cherie said I declare it's done it's a wrap i am probably be out of here this year listen y'all don't, don't mess around and put a blessing on top of my prayer okay don't put no blessing on top of my prayer boy yo i would be like my next live will be like <laughs> Live from Venice Beach, trying to sit under this umbrella and stay out of the sun. Shout out to Sharice. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't put no blessing on my prayer because I'm gonna do the work. They say faith without works is dead, honey. The work been done. Okay, <laughs> thank you, Sonny. Sonny said she just followed me. I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. Okay, let me get out of here. I've been on here over an hour, y'all. Let me go eat. And I'm off for the day, too. I'm done working. I promise you, I'm done working. I'm going to check my um, our private group messages for my students and make sure they don't need nothing. But I'm done. I'm calling it a day. And I promise you, I refuse to have any guilt about it on today. All right, so thank y'all for sharing. Thank y'all for watching Thank y'all so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Um, And I will talk to you guys next time. Ciao.